Hello, I'm Martin Kane. In this episode, we catch up with Alex for a roundup of the news affecting Tesla and Tesla owners in New Zealand for May 2021. Welcome to the New Zealand All That's Tesla podcast. All right, so we'll say uh, good morning to Alex, and uh, thank you for joining us, Alex. Uh, what's the latest news? Yes, thank you, Martin. Got quite a lineup of news for you today, including information about a service bulletin, some sightings at a factory, uh, the announcement of the new Model S release, uh, some information about possible factory locations, an inquiry into autopilot, and Tesla's effect on Bitcoin. So we'll have a chat about all those topics. I thought we'd start off with starting off. Have you ever had a shudder on acceleration if you drive a Model S or Model X? Uh, Martin, you drive a Model X. Have you ever had the shudder on acceleration problem? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I thought that was just quite standard when something was accelerating so quickly. <laughs> yes, well, fair enough. And it's often been said, this has come up a number of times over the years, and the general advice is to avoid accelerating with the suspension in very high. So if you have the suspension set to very high, it tends to exacerbate this problem and you could say it's a bit of a weakness in the in the design now tesla's had another go at fixing this the latest service bulletin has the number 2139001 so google search for that 2139001 shows that the rectification now is to replace the drive shafts and possibly amend a couple of clevis locations and i don't know about getting this done in New Zealand specifically, but I do know that obviously the service rectification exists for anyone that's uh, suffering from a uh, vibrating, well, a shaking or a shuddering on acceleration. So that's um, something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can see that now. And oh. I think the other point here is that this has probably come up now because of the the plans for the refresh Model S, Model X, uh, those were delayed a little, as you know, but Elon has now announced a, a delivery date of the 3rd of June. So the first refresh Model S and X is supposed to be rolling out on June the 3rd. Now that's in the United States, is it? Yes, that'd be right. But I wouldn't expect it to take too long for other countries to follow suit. I mean, obviously we're, we're constrained in New Zealand by needing right-hand drive production, but the Model S and Model X are relatively low volume compared to the other, uh, the Model 3 and the Y, so I think it's fair to assume that the you know, the entire production for New Zealand would only take a matter of days. And okay. So, yeah. so um, talking about Model Y and Model 3, um, tell us what's up with registrations there. Yeah, that's right. Some registration information came out recently, which showed in the US market 40,772 Model Ys registered versus 27,362 Model 3. I don't have on me what period that's for, but I think it's safe to assume that's for a, is that for a quarter? The, The fact here is that the Model Y is now outselling the Model 3, and Elon always said that would be the case. So I think it's fair then to say that the Model Y will be very important to the New Zealand market when it arrives, but we don't know exactly when that is. No one does. Uh, We noticed that on the New Zealand Tesla website, they've recently added a button where you can register for more information. So the fact they've done that shows that the Model Y can't be too far away. Great. And uh, now that it's selling so well, my understanding is they're um, looking at uh, adjusting the front casting. Is that correct? Yes. The production of the Model Y will be getting underway at the Gigafactory in Texas. 
And to make it bigger and better, as, as you do in Texas, the front end has been re-engineered to use a single-piece casting. So the rear end already uses a single-piece casting. The rear end of the Model Y has about 70 fewer parts in it than a Model 3. That makes it cheaper to produce, and it makes the results stiffer and stronger. And they've applied the same logic to the front. So this is using record-breaking casting technologies. It's an Italian company produces these massive casting machines, and the casting that results has a mass of about 130 kilograms. So that's a pretty big casting. Yeah, a bit more than your old 3D printer at home, isn't it? <laughs> yes, absolutely, and a lot stronger as well. I forgot to mention that uh, a photo of this massive front casting emerged this week. It was shared by a German engineer, and, of course, the Germans are, are working closely here because the Berlin Gigafactory will also produce the Model Y, so it's fair to assume that the same castings will be produced in both places. So that will reduce the production cost, improve the quality, and improve the accuracy. And ultimately, that reflects in better fit and finish for the panels you see on the outside. So the, the, you know, the underpinnings are very important, and that's why it's very important to get this casting right. Excellent. And that follows on, of course, from the Rivian, showing photos of its casting of the side model as well. All right, Alex, so apparently there's some autopilot investigations happening at the moment. Can, what can you tell us about that? Yes, Martin, there's, uh, there was a case a few weeks ago, most listeners will have heard of, where a crash occurred in Texas and the two people in the car were found in the back seat and there was immediately suspicion of autopilot. However, Tesla came out fairly quickly and, and said that autopilot was not in use at that time. The NTSB has recently reached a similar conclusion. Now, what has also occurred, though, is another crash in California where a 35-year-old driver in Fontana was killed in a collision with an upturned semi-truck. So the Tesla arrived at the scene of a previous accident and a 30-year-old bystander was also injured. Now, what made this one more serious is that videos of driving from the back seat were found on the, on the driver's TikTok account. Now, I think both of these crashes really show one important point, which is that autopilot is being abused, being used outside of its original intended parameters. Tesla has statistics that show that autopilot used correctly is very safe indeed, but autopilot used incorrectly very dangerous. Now, the California DMV is currently investigating Tesla about their full self-driving terminology. Tesla defends themselves by pointing out in the fine print that they, they do say quite clearly that the system requires driver intervention. And I'm sure as Tesla drivers, we're all aware of that. And I think it's very important that we do not mess with this. We don't try to game the system in any way. So that's uh, all I'm going to say about autopilot for the moment. Okay, that's good advice indeed. Thank you, Alex, for that. All right, so um, you've got some updates on potential factory locations coming out. Yes, absolutely. Elon was spotted in England this week, so he made a whistle-stop tour to England, and UK regional authorities were given just 48 hours to prepare some bids for a 250-hectare site, so that's a pretty big site for a factory. And Hartlepool and the Teeth Valley responded in the affirmative, which means they said yes come and build a factory here. And I had to look up where this is. It's in County Durham, which is in the northeast of England, near Yorkshire. So that's an interesting idea, the idea of a, a factory in the UK. Elon had previously said due to Brexit, he was concerned about stability for, you know, for investment in the UK. But I, I think now that's coming right. And 
he's keen to get going with it. Um, what do you think? Do you think that would be a good idea? Martin, do you have any thoughts? Where, where do you think Tesla should put their factories? <laughs> well, I had heard something about Russia recently, um, but I think the England certainly makes very good sense, uh, particularly for right-hand production right on the source there. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. Model 3 was a top-selling car in England in December, although there were other conditions of the COVID shutdown that, that contributed to that. But one thing's for certain, there's a massive market in England and, and Europe. Whereas, um, interesting you mentioned Russia, because that's also been in the news. And there's only about 300 Teslas on the road in Russia. So that's all Teslas sold since um, you know 2012. And, and there's no official Tesla presence in Russia. So it seems an odd choice to put a factory in Russia. Obviously, it does have potential as a market, but it's not an existing, it's not a, it's not a mature market for Tesla at the moment. Oh, well, we'll just keep fighting for TY point, eh? <laughs> yes, why not? <laughs> now, you've um, talk about, talking about stability. Tesla's had a bit of a, uh, an issue on the, um, a bit of an effect, at least, on the cryptocurrencies, particularly Bitcoin recently. Yes, tell me about it. Uh, I can't even keep up with this very well, but I, I've, I've made some attempt to see what's going on. Um, basically, Tesla, or Elon specifically, announced that Tesla would no longer be accepting Bitcoin as payment for vehicles. And this is only about two months after payment in Bitcoin was, was announced. So why has he done this? Well, apparently it's because of environmental concerns over the CO2 emissions of Bitcoin mining. So Bitcoin transactions rely on this mining, which uses a lot of energy. Uh, according to a study from MIT and the University of Munich, they found that Bitcoin produces as much CO2 as a large city in a Western country. So you imagine um, that's large, larger than our cities. So <laughs> probably several New Zealand cities worth of CO2. So that's quite quite significant. I can understand why Tesla has sort of backed out of accepting Bitcoin. And I think as soon as Tesla announced they were going to accept Bitcoin, they, they straight away had some criticism on that basis, supporting mm -hmm. something that was not environmentally friendly. Now, I think also that, yes, cryptocurrencies are just inherently volatile at the moment. And the Chinese Banking Association has spoken out recently, just in the last few days, which has also stoked the fire. And Bitcoin's down about 20%. Um, have you heard of Dogecoin, Martin? Do you know how we should say it? Is it Dogecoin or Dogecoin? <laughs> Look, it's one of those. Um, I've got some, but uh, I wasn't uh, that sure how to pronounce it. I thought it was something to us doggy, actually. But it, it is, you're quite right. It's Doge or Doge or something like that. Oh, doggy coin. Okay, well... Elon has obviously spoken about Dogecoin or Dogecoin, and, and, and this has had a strange effect. I mean, first the price spiked up about 13%, and then it dropped off. And I looked into this a bit more, and I realized that Dogecoin's floating around sort of 35 cents at the moment per coin, whereas obviously Bitcoin, well, Bitcoin was down 20,000 New Zealand dollars after Elon's announcement, so uh, it's down to about 52,000 New Zealand dollars. So there's obviously a huge value difference between Bitcoin and, and, and Dogecoin. So uh, earlier this year, Dogecoin was around 5 cents, and last year it was around 1 cent. So obviously 35 cents is, is, is tremendously up. W would you invest? Well, 
<laughs> it's very much an Elon thing. Uh, Elon has, uh, well, he's invested about one point five billion dollars in Bitcoin out of Tesla's out of Tesla's budget. So, Elon has said they won't be selling their Bitcoin at this stage. Um, but Elon has always voiced support for cryptocurrency over over fiat currency. Uh, he's always thought that it was a good idea for currency to be independent of of governments and, and countries. All right. Well, fair enough. We'll see what happens there, and uh, I just won't be putting too much into it. All speaking right, of, any further um, news? Yeah, speaking of fiat currency, uh, Fiat Chrysler Association, see what I've done there, paid Tesla about $350 million last year, 2020, but has claimed recently that pooling of carbon credits will stop now that they've merged with PSA. PSA is the French conglomerate that owns Peugeot. And so the idea that Tesla will lose that revenue. That this seems to be causing a stir because Tesla reported a net profit of roughly that much, three hundred and fifty million over the last year, and therefore you've got people saying, "Well, now that there's no more carbon credits, there'll be no more Tesla profit." Well, obviously, I think that's rubbish. I mean, Tesla has about ten point four billion in total revenues over the last year, so the three hundred and fifty million is, is just a drop in the bucket, really. So that's the news as it relates to Tesla internationally. Now, Martin, do we have anything to talk about that's New Zealand specific? Well, there's a couple of things. I don't know which ones you'd like to grab hold of, but we have had a budget recently. Um, anything in that? Yes, that's true. It was announced that there was uh, 300 million, I think it was, for the uh, adoption of EVs in the budget. And straight away, there was a discussion on Facebook, quite a lively discussion about how that would appear, whether it would be the uh, the fee-bait scheme back on the table. And well, we have a mix, you know, of people that support or, or don't support that. Um, personally, I'd like to see the money spent on chargers. You know, I'd like to see more investment into ChargeNet and other providers of, of charging. All right. That will be contentious, I'm sure. So I won't argue with you. Um, and tell <laughs> us about uh, the announcement that uh, any future superchargers in New Zealand are likely to be V3. Is that correct? Yes. Speaking of, of charging, uh, Tesla announced that B v3 coming to new zealand so uh this has implications for owners of model s and x it means that you will basically need to pay for a a conversion and an adapter so that you can use a ccs2 plug now obviously ccs2 is available at every fast charger in new zealand so it's probably a worthwhile investment but it's also a necessary investment if you want to use these v3 chargers because v3 will have only ccs2 plugs uh v3 chargers won't have the uh the older style type 2 or modified type 2 plug that model s and x used to use got you yes and i see um john has indicated that the cost for that conversion is sitting around about 540 dollars i think at the moment so i i shall look forward to getting mine upgraded yes i was about to ask you about yours uh i'd imagine that you may have some CCS2 charges in your area. Is that is that correct? Um, the the superchargers are the combo ones, obviously. Um, so I've got that big expensive adapter that costs just under a thousand dollars. But I am going to go ahead and get the CCS2 uh, adjustment. Right. Yes. So the Chatamo adapter that you refer to that um, was previously quite an expensive item. So in that context, the CCS2 adjustment is actually very you know, well-priced, and I think every Model S and X owner should probably take up Tesla on that, on that offer. 
Absolutely. And the other thing, of course, ChargeNet are starting to put their hyperchargers around, and I think we're getting one in Christchurch reasonably soon. And in order to use that at the faster speed than 50 kilowatts, I'm going to have to have that uh, CCS2 adjustment as well. All right. Excellent. Thanks for mentioning that too. I'm going to be talking about V3 supercharging and how it compares to CCS2. I'll, I'll, I'll do a bit of a dive into that in a, in a separate discussion. So uh, we'll... Uh, we'll look forward to that very soon. <laughs> Thank you very much, Alex. Nice to talk to you today. Cheers. And thanks to listeners. And if you have any questions or comments, remember that you can reach me on alex at allthatstesla.nz. So always keen to hear any questions or comments. Thanks again. Thank you, Alex, for catching us up with the news for May. Um, a follow-up to the previous episode, the Model 3 plate, uh, that has been listed on TradeMe at the moment, and I notice there's a no reserve price there, $5,000 is where they're starting. Now that's pretty good, because compared to some of these other personalised plate auctions that I see, I see there's a Tesla Collector personalised plates where you can get Elon, uh, Musk, you can get P100D, that's quarter of a million dollars for that particular auction. So $5,000 for the only Model 3 plate for New Zealand is pretty good value. I don't have a Model 3, so unfortunately I can't buy it, but uh, certainly on my watch list, as long as it, as well as a few other people. All the news articles discussed today are referred to in the episode notes, as well as a link to our Patreon page so that you can contribute to supporting this podcast to stay on air. 